Welcome to our inaugural podcast, recorded here at our lovely school. Our aim is to chat, debate about classroom practice and the day-to-day world of teaching in general. We've aimed this primarily at NQTs, trainees and RQTs, but of course all teachers will hopefully gain something from this and see if some of our thoughts resonate or help. We're not intending to endorse the particular viewpoint as right. We're here to promote, debate, reflect and hopefully be of use. Our views and experiences are our own personal ones. So let's begin with introductions. My name is Jenny. I am a music and drama teacher and currently supporting our teaching and learning team as PCM and with our NQTs. Uh, I'm Denise, geography teacher, former head of geography, former head of humanities and now looking after NQT, CPD and teaching school matters. Hi, my name's James. I teach PE, but I'm also part of the safeguarding team at school, along with uh, being the prevent lead, and I'm in charge of attendance and punctuality. I'm Sean. I'm a pastoral leader, currently for year eight. Um, also, I've previously been a head of house. I've worked internationally as well, so I've had some different experiences there too. Fabulous. Well, the focus of today's podcast is on BFL. Um, We're going to begin with what I think is a really important question for our classrooms. What is more important, relationships or routine? Who'd like to start us off? Um, Thank you, Sean. I I suppose the sort of boring but obvious answer is that both are equally important, but obviously that's not useful to anyone in any stretch of imagination. So I think really when you first start, particularly in the NQT year, routine will take precedent because you really want to make sure you've established your classroom routine where students know where they are they know what their expectations are in all facets of the lesson and then from that you build those relationships because overall i I do think relationships trump everything and i you know that that's something that i will always sort of stick to and i'm a big believer in that but you can't jump to those relationships straight away and while you're waiting for those relationships to develop then you're not trying to sort of force them then routine is something that you lean on especially through that first half term term i believe you know, I've been spending a lot of time um, observing NQTs this week and it's just really interesting. It's, it's, it's a very, I'm lucky to be able to do it because it helps me and it helps them. Um, but lots of them trying to develop that relationship I've seen, trying to develop the relationship this, this week with quite tricky boys before they've got the routines in place, before they've got their expectations really clearly established and I think sometimes to the detriment of behaviour mm. for learning as well. Is that a fear factor, do you think? Are they scared of how those tricky boys are going to react. Yeah, and I think there's a thing, if I get a good relationship with mm-hmm. them, I'll keep them on side. Yeah. Um, and not wanting to send them out, because then they'll get a bad relationship with them. But actually, the thing that's working more powerfully than anything is when they do establish really clear routines, expectations, etc., and then try and develop the relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the key things someone said to me was, just get your routine. Set your stall out was a key thing uh, which helped me. Um, and I believe that just puts you in a really good, powerful position of having a classroom routine. Um, don't be too friendly with the students. I think that causes um, th- their thoughts to be different when you need, do need to use uh, behaviour for learning and setting setting kind of uh, sanctions in place. Um, and also, just don't don't command or sorry, don't demand respect from the students. That will come in time once uh, the routines are in place. And the relationships will will kind of then just develop where you can have that 
um, work professional teacher student with them um, to, to get the best and make sure that they're learning and you've got your own classroom set out in a way that students are behaving at all times and the relationship comes from them respecting you as a teacher and knowing what it is you want and you want to do rather than you trying to develop some sort of relationship because you want them to like you which is often I think something that we all want people to like us so an NQT or a trainee is going to want the class to be giving them positive vibes all the time yeah. but actually that, I think that's a real pitfall I do think sorry Sean I do think finding that happy medium though mm, yeah perhaps yeah. I think when you do have that very austere teacher yeah installing the fear of God into your year and that's seven not class, yeah and that's is not that something that, yeah. that we want to be yeah yeah, and I think something that someone once told me that's what stuck with me, I suppose, was that you, you, you act friendly, but you're not friends. Yeah. You make yeah, it quite yeah, clear yeah, that yeah. you're not friends. And I think that, that's really true, because I've never been one who subscribes to the don't smart at Christmas or anything mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's, it's important that they know. I mean, especially with my, suppose, my pastoral hat on. Then you need to let them know that they can come to you, that they can mm-hmm. talk to you, that they can confide in you. Uh, yeah, that you would obviously not pass that on to whoever you need to. But while at the same time letting them know that you are still the teacher within that class. You are That's still that good. person that will uh, ensure that what's best for the whole class takes place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not totally not advocating not being nice and smiling. Oh, but it's just exactly how I took it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not smiling till Christmas. I'm just saying, I think I've seen some pitfalls where people have tried to be too accommodating, yeah. and too nice, when actually they... What is it they actually want? And I, th- I think it's the thing that I sometimes tell NQTs, which um, I think it sometimes helps the fact that I wasn't always a good child yeah. uh, when I was at school, was that I was always deliberately the third naughtiest child, and I'd always look at who had the sort of who I thought was the naughtiest and the second naughtiest was was, was acting, how they would get treated, what sort of what would happen there, so I could sort of see how I would pitch myself. I know that sounds really odd, but genuinely I, I was looking for what 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 could I get with get away with, how would they be treated, mm-hmm. and I, I would react accordingly. Um, and I, I can distinctly remember that in all of my lessons and that had a big impact on what my behaviour would have been in, in all lessons. Okay. Well, let's move on from there. So we've established our relationships, we've got our routine in place. As a teacher, what then become our non-negotiables? Let's go for three each. What would be your non-negotiable in the classroom? Denise, should we start with you? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm only thinking of one at the moment. Can okay. I, come, can I yeah, give come one? And then one come back. Um, the only one person is talking at one time. Yeah, yeah. Probably in the first instance, it's likely to be me. And I'll set that up as the main thing is that, you know, if I'm talking, you're not talking. But anybody's voice is going to be heard as long as it's appropriate. And, you know, there's only one person speaking at any one time. And we're, we're listening and we're, and we're respecting. So maybe that too, to show respect. Well, that was going to be my, my next one, actually. Oh, uh, which it, I, I know, we actually didn't. <laughs> um, uh, to respect all members of the school community. Mm, that, that, mm. That's something that is, uh, you know, I remember it being a golden rule uh, in the, the school that I joined as an NQT. And, I, and it's something that I've used in other schools when I've worked there. And I just think it, it is really good and it's powerful. And obviously that's what we'd expect in any workplace or anywhere we came come to study. And modelling that is really really important not just in the classroom but around school as well and showing you know even when things are bad that you know that there is a level of respect there mm-hmm. um i think that's really important james have you got anything to add to that any non-negotiables in your classroom we try and develop a, a, a small community so any class we kind of make it very clear that no one is better than anybody else so i'm the first person to always tell the students my age and say to them i'm no better than them they're no better than me 
we're allowed our opinions. We respect people's opinions. They can be subjective, um, but anyone in a class is allowed to talk and have an opinion. Um, and we don't then giggle or make that person feel inferior um, to then, you know, so they, they then don't speak up again when it's about a topic that they perhaps need, need to ha uh, help with. So we try and make it clear that there's not one person in the class that's uh, belittling anybody else. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion. So I think respect and is really the bottom line there, isn't it? Yeah, and listening to each other respectfully. Yeah. 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 Um, I think my third one would just be high expectations. For me, this is going to be an interesting one because I'm more curriculum than pastoral. Um, high expectations in terms of their work. I expect everyone to be doing their very best at all times in the lesson. And there isn't any room for not doing that. My expectations are very high in terms of behaviour. But it's interesting that I perhaps don't follow through some things that I know everyone would say you know, absolute musts in terms of all things must be in order, including uniform and everything. And I noticed the other day, it was five minutes before the end of the lesson, and I spotted a child putting on their train, taking their trainers off, putting their shoes on before I left my room. I hadn't noticed they were trainers on because I was just trying to get the lesson done and engage what we were meant to be doing. Um, and I thought, right, that child knows they're going to another teacher who's going to pick them up on their trainers. Mm. And it made me think, it made me stop. And maybe even mm. the devil is in the detail, mm. but I hadn't noticed them, and he obviously knew that I probably wouldn't notice them. But he put changed them before he left my room. So James and Sean, as pastoral, would that be something that would be high on your agenda? Would you notice I, that? I think I think I remember when I became a head of year, uh, like a pastoral leader. Um, it was something that I probably tightened up on a lot more than I had done before, as I'm that person who is going around and you know, reinforcing mm. the school's expectations. It's something that I, I, I consciously was making a much more concerted effort and even in my in myself, you know, making sure that, you know, not that I ever before was trying to be at all flippant on behaviour rules for myself, but I was just, you know, I thought, well, if I'm not modelling this, then how can I sit opposite someone in a meeting or in a discussion and really sort of have that conversation where I'm trying to explain why they haven't met our mm. expectation when it comes to things like uniform. And I do think actually that, that, that can be really powerful as well. It can be really, really useful, you know, them seeing you and as you want to sort of develop as teachers and become more of a presence around school, students know who who's going to pick them up on certain things as they go around school. There is, you know, so you do get to a certain time point where students start, you know, adjusting their uniform so it's correct mm. as they see you in the corridor, and that takes time to earn. And I don't think you need to do that in a belligerent way at mm. all. As with all things, it's just about being consistent and them knowing that you follow up. You can do that in a really, you know, civil, respectful polite and I do you know, try and sort of uh, kill my students with kindness I'm you know, ridiculously aggressively polite in a non uh, passive aggressive way but just trying to sort of show you know this this is an expectation this isn't going to go away and I think if you do that and, you, and you're that consistent you know, and it, it takes a lot of effort at times just mm. like a lot of things do in UKT Irvine sort of become second nature um, I think it can really really help you and uh, that even before you, you know, want to become, you know, uh, move into middle management or whatever, I think it's really important if you want to improve your presence, you know, children talk and they see who you are and they see how you conduct yourself in the corridor, on duty, etc. And that's quite an easy win for me. Okay, yeah. You said about follow-up. I think this kind of goes back to what we said before about routines and relationships. Following everything up, they need to know that you're going to follow stuff up, yeah. whether it's homework, it's whether it's consistency. It's consistent. It? Following yeah. everything, following up as much as you possibly can, so they know you mean you know you're serious. Never about say them. anything. Never say anything exactly. that you're yeah. not going to back up. If you yeah. say that you're going to call home, you do need to make mm. that phone call. And the first occasion when you don't do something, you've you, you've seen uh, that's disrupted your lesson, and you don't follow through with either a sanction 
Um, they'll see that as a weakness and, and the next opportunity will arise. And again, coming back to your routine and your classroom expectations, that will come back to bite you. Um, so I think that's important. One of my non-negotiables is uh, they enter the class and they leave the class in a calm manner. Mm. The, they start the starter activity. When they leave, I'll, I'll make sure that even in year 11s, they're stood behind their chairs. I know that the desks are clean, they're ready, and the next person could come into the class and use the classroom. Um, so again, respected other people's space And for, you're also for sending them to their next lesson, mm. ready yeah. for that yeah. next yeah. lesson, not shouting, screaming, mm. you know, barging Absolutely. out of the classroom. They're ready for the next lesson. And of course on time as, as I'm attending some punctuality. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And there's something that I think that tra- particularly trainees and NGT to a certain extent, trainees particularly struggle with, and I'm, I was terrible for it, sometimes still am, finishing on time. Because, right. you know, that just sets you up badly for your next lesson. The students leave your lesson all kind of, ah, for the next lesson. I think that's a really important thing. Mm. Finishing on time has a massive impact. And, and I'm, I'm going to go for the other book end and say the start. I think that yeah. was a, yeah. a, a, early on in my career where I'd be so conscious of getting through whatever it is I planned and all these you know, fantastic yeah. activities or whatever it was that sometimes I would race into those. Whereas with experience, non-negotiable, you know, James has already talked about it, is we don't move we don't even get into the starter until i'm happy with you know how our entrance has been and things like that and even as an experienced you know member of staff is you know to, to, you know me- meant to be okay at behavior management you know I, I i will you know students will go back outside and they'll line up if i'm not happy with the entrance and we'll talk about why that is and get them back in and i think i was a lot more nervous to do that early in my career worried about what people would mm. think whereas now it, it, it's not saying I would think twice mm. about it at all, and it, it just sets that tone right from the start. No, 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 you're in this lesson, and this is this is this is how we act. This is how we behave, and it's better to do that and get that get that right, even if it takes you a couple of weeks, because if you're not getting that start right, then you're still not going to get through all the content because because the behaviour is going to become an issue, and that's going to be a problem further down. And you'd rather sort that out first. Um, and I think that links really nicely to what we were talking about before about not worrying about what other people are thinking. Oh, okay, yeah. just you know. No, people will judge you more if your lessons are going to be chaotic than they will if you take a, um, a firm start to say, right, we're going to go back out or restart the lesson. Don't be afraid mm. to restart the lesson. I watched an NQT today who was really firm with the class in a positive way, in a good way, and it made a massive mm. difference. Dealt really well with some really tricky boys rather than just, I'm going to have to just get on with this to impress me because I was observing. Mm. And I thought that was really good. Not scared to send someone out. I'm going to be, I was nodding at the back of the room and going, yep. Yeah, Perfect. I'd just written that that student did need to go, and mm. she did it. Um, and just to follow up on what James said, I think that's really good advice for um, NQTs and trainees to follow things up and not to promise anything you can't do. If you can't think of a sanction there and then, rather than promising that you're going to phone 15 children, mm-hmm. um, parents or something, maybe say, I'm not sure what I'm going to do at the moment, I'm not happy with what you've done, and I'll come back to you when I've thought about it and spoken to your head of year or head of department. Buys you some time and means you yeah. don't make a rash decision. And that could just be in a conversation the next lesson, I've decided actually what I'm going to do is just talk to you outside for a few moments and that's that dealt with. But at least you did follow it up, but you didn't promise something crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Agree, well, let's move on. Um, Let's now just take some time to perhaps reflect on our own practice. So in terms of BFL, what areas do you think um, you've mastered? An area that you've mastered and perhaps an area that you still feel you need to work on. Is there an area that you would like to see yourself developing? Um, James, we'll start with you. I think I've got to a point now, 20 years in, where I'm able to uh, get the best out of students with some difficult and challenging students in particular, some of the groups I've got, but able to get them having a the mutual respect to actually get working, complete tasks, 
um, follow the instructions and have that balance in a, in a classroom environment. And also with my PE, obviously just in uh, outside as well, where students respect what you say, not because of authority, just because of the working relationship we've got. The one thing I do need to improve on still is my differentiated lessons in my theory classes. Um, that is one area that I, I have been working on this year um, with my colleagues and it certainly helped. I think resources now are more ava readily available online um, to purchase and also just sharing ideas, listening to other colleagues like we are doing now. It's quite interesting hearing how other people get their work done, how they manage their classrooms and just uh, just, just magpie some, some people's mm -hmm. ideas and just try them. Don't be afraid to try something Absolutely. new. Don't be stuck in, uh, in a way for 20 years. Um, try, try the new practices. And I think a lot of times I've tried things that, for whatever reason, when I've read about them, I've thought that's never going to work or I just disagreed with the theory behind it. And then, you know, I've, I've, nine times out of ten found some usefulness out of that, some worth from it. And I think keep trying because, you know, I, I certainly keep looking for new things. I'm still talking to colleagues, always trying to find what else I can do differently. And I think that's really, really mm, good advice, yeah, actually. Absolutely. Sean, um, what do you think? Oh, sorry. Um, so um, I think something I, I, I'm not sure I call, I call myself a master at anything really <laughs> but um, <laughs> something that I uh, I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm alright at is um, diffusing I think that's something that you get better at often with experience um, and you watch other people and you can learn a lot from other people you know difficult meetings and trying to get into sometimes difficult meetings if it's appropriate it's quite good to see how people can diffuse situations whether it be with a student whether it be with a parent a carer or whoever um, that that's a really powerful skill, and you know, watching how people do it, even with adults, you can use that also with with your students, and remembering that as the adult, and it is really hard, and we always have those moments where we get wound up, and things get get through our armour and get to us, and you know, make us feel emotional as human beings. But taking that moment to try and find a way in which you can diffuse, or if you can't diffuse a particular mm -hmm. situation, maybe bring in someone <coughs> else in who can, because ultimately that that we should always be looking to rather than heighten a situation, sort of, you know, take, take, take the oxygen away from the fire if mm. you can. And I think that's something that um, I've, I've certainly got better at. And certainly maybe when I was in my NQT or in my RQT year or, 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 or whatever, I sometimes would be, would not consciously, but pour, pouring petrol on a fire mm. really, rather than actually looking for a way out mm. where, while still holding that ground. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen it in action, to be fair, Sean. Uh, I've seen him in meetings. We've done a lot of meetings <laughs> yeah, before. Plenty. Uh, and it does work. Yeah. You are very good at it. Um, something I've got to work on, I was, uh, well, James has stolen mine, because, um, yeah, I think sometimes everything interlinks. And, you know, I'm, I, I hope it's not a spoiler, but I think your next podcast is going to be on differentiation, so you can talk about that, as that's what, what I certainly will have to be listening. That's something I want to be working on. Um, but planning for engagement. So one one group that I still want to make sure their behavior you know, they, they may be well behaved but how engaged are they would be uh, some of the boys in my classes and that's something that i need to go away and have a little think of and i'm trying to rethink my strategy mm. for disengaged boys basically because i'm not happy with perhaps um yeah their level of engagement in my lessons sometimes and what would be the effect on the behavior through not having that mastered or well i think i think you know it, that will come down to the root of what we consider bad behavior if someone's sitting there and they're not doing anything is that actually behaviour for learning? No, it's not. You know, are they, are they causing a problem? No, they're not causing a problem, but they're causing a problem for themselves. Therefore, I need to mm. go back to the board, you know, the drawing board and think about how, well, how am I going to plan, how am I going to change, whether, whether that be differentiation, whether that be another strategy that I'm going to employ to make sure that that person 
is because disengagement can often lead to then low level or even high level behavior but fundamentally and then the ripple effect that has on the rest of the class they're watching that absolutely they're you watching know, your reaction to it how yeah. come that student yeah. has no follow-up or this or that yeah. or you like know. we went back to you before with the routines yeah and i'm going to pick up nicely this is going to weave together nicely um i think my strength at the moment is in because teaching and learning is my thing and i feel like i'm teaching possibly the best i've taught before so i feel like i'm engaging my students really well but I think that's then led to a point where with some of the boys, they're perhaps a little bit too engaged, a bit over-enthusiastic, calling yeah. out and things. Um, I'll give some name-dropping now. Um, so I went to Research Ed, Tom Bennett talking, and he talked about um, students who call out, don't put the hand up, what do you do? And, you know, this idea of, I would usually say, that's a great answer, but don't call out. And he said, no, actually, no. Um, you don't call out, I'm not taking your answer. You've put your hand up, I'm taking yours. And I was really kept saying, oh, so and so that's really great answer i'm really pleased you're engaged well done but don't call out next time no 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 i'm i'm then i'm going to go to i think it's tom bennett again what you permit you promote and i just keep having that's that good. going round wow. and round my head yeah. i'm permitting for him to call out i'm saying to I'm everyone it's okay yeah, yeah. And, no, so I, and he stopped calling out and so working with the inquities i'm telling them that me going back listening to people like tom talking i'm thinking actually my practice is improving mm. well what, one thing i also want to say in my key stage classes is uh, i'm afraid my, my ears don't work when you call out and so that yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. works with them if I just sort of blank them. But I think going back to your point with the disengaged and you mentioned boys and, and I can certainly think of a number of examples. The one thing uh, someone told me was find a common interest. Yeah, Be brilliant. interested in that individual student. And there are students in schools that perhaps get told off twice every hour, three times every hour, every day. And actually just sometimes those conversations which... Uh, in, inevitably or could have been di quite difficult it could always start on a positive mm. positive negative positive so even if it's just asking a student to get their equipment out or put their uh, do their tie up their lanyards stop calling out find that common theme and engage in, in corridors as well in the playgrounds mm. when you're on duty talk to the students how's your weekend do me a favor just put your tie uh, tie on properly yeah um, have a great day i'll see you later Th those little things that someone told me just certainly has helped me with some disengaged and, and some challenging challenging students over the years. I uh, know I'm being told we've got to wrap up, but Sean, do you want to quickly talk about your fishing? I was wondering what So in my QT year, I always remember I had a year H boy who um, I couldn't get to you know, get on with their work and they were looking obviously distracted. And really nice young man. Um, but, but how I eventually got him to perform the way I wanted to, behave the way I wanted to, was that I found out he had this interest in fishing. I think I spoke to his tutor, I found out they had this interest in fishing. I, I had been fishing once upon a time, so I sort of you know, spoke to people who I knew who, who knew about fishing, did a little bit of internet research, and then started chatting to him about it. And this comes back to, I suppose, my belief about relationships, how powerful that can be, because one of his happiest times was when he used to go fishing with his granddad. And then we started talking about fishing, chatting about what he caught, things like that. We'd have a chat about that at the start of his lesson. And then he was, you know, I wouldn't say good as gold, but almost as good as gold for the, for the rest of the lesson, producing great work. And it was just one chat and everything changed. But um, it's, it's a difficult thing to find sometimes. Sounds good. What a lovely story. Anecdote to finish on. <laughs> yeah. To finish our first podcast. Well, can I thank you all very, very much for being here today. Um, mm -hmm. Hope you've enjoyed listening. And please listen out for our next one. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you. Cheers.